in our morning series of uh, the heart of Jesus, and as we have discovered, it's quite a big heart. <laughs> and uh, I want to uh, focus particularly on just a, a short passage this morning, which is actually a quite um, a difficult story, one of those stories in the Bible that um, just challenge us, and, and as we read it, just sort of, oh, <laughs> just, just prod us, um, and, and as I say, challenge us. But I want, to, I want to think about, this morning, about Jesus' heart for the lost, his heart for the lost, and that's the, the theme of this morning. So if you've got uh, your Bibles and you want to turn to it, or the words will be on the screen, from Mark chapter 7, uh, verses 24 uh, to verse 30. It's the story of the Syrophoenician woman. Jesus left that place and went to the vicinity of Tyre. He entered the house and did not want anyone to know it, yet he could not keep his presence secret. In fact, as soon as she heard about him, a woman whose little daughter was possessed by an impure spirit came and fell at his feet. The woman was a Greek, born in Syrian Phoenicia. She begged Jesus to drive the demon out of her daughter. First, let the children eat all they want, he told her, for it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Lord, she replied, even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. Then he told her, for such a reply you may go, the demon has left your daughter. She went home and found her child laying on a bed and the demon gone. Father, pray that as we thank you, as we read your word, that you might speak to us through it in Jesus' name. Amen. There was a, a boss of a, a big company who needed to call one of his employees about an important and urgent problem that they had with one of their main computers. And he dialed the employee's home telephone number and was greeted with a child's whispered, Hello. Feeling put out by the inconvenience of having to talk to a youngster, the boss asked, Is your daddy home? Yes, whispered the small voice. May I talk with him? The man asked. To the surprise of the boss, the small voice whispered, No. <laughs> Wanting to talk with an adult, the boss asked, Is your mummy there? Yes, came the answer. May I talk with her? Again, the little voice, No. Knowing that it was not likely that a young child would be left home alone, the boss decided he would just leave a message with the person who should be there watching over the child. Is there anyone there besides you? He asked. Yes. A policeman. <laughs> Wondering what a police officer was doing at his employer's home, the boss asked, May I speak with the police officer? No. <laughs> He's busy whispered the child. Busy doing what? Talking to daddy and mummy and the fireman, came the whispered answer. Growing concerned and even worried as he heard, 
he heard a helicopter on the phone. And he asked, what's that noise? It's a helicopter. What is going on there? Said the boss, now quite alarmed. In again a little voice, the child answered, a search team has just landed the helicopter. Concerned and a little frustrated, the boss asked, why are they here? And the little voice said, they're looking for me. <laughs> we all have the experience, I have no doubt, of being lost. I remember as a child in a school trip going to the Natural History Museum in London and getting lost. And it was a, a fairly terrifying experience that still uh, brings a little flutter to my heart. <laughs> But we all have that experience of being lost. And as I said, I want to think this morning about Jesus' heart for the lost as we look at this encounter with the Syrophoenician woman. This encounter comes off the back of a major confrontation with the Pharisees. And Jesus makes this journey into the area of Tyre, a Gentile place, a Gentile country. After speaking about uh, giving the, the, the Pharisees a serious lecture about the real spiritual meaning of being clean and unclean, after telling the religious leaders of the day what goes into a person doesn't make a person unclean, Jesus now heads for unclean territory, unclean Gentile country. I can imagine what those Pharisees were saying. Why is he going there? What's he doing there? Doesn't he know where, what people are there? And you can imagine even his uh, disciples beginning to wonder, what, what are we doing here? Why are we going here? Shouldn't we be nearer home? But whenever we read the Gospels, we always get a sense that nothing that Jesus ever does is random or by accident. There's always a purpose, always a reason and certainly with Mark's gospel, you know, because we know that Mark's was the shortest gospel and, and he wants to put in all the key things, he doesn't put a story like this in it, in the middle of it, by accident. There has to be a reason. There has to be something that he wants to say and something that must be important. There's always a purpose, always a reason. Jesus always makes sense. But the way he acts in the first part of this story is a bit of a challenge. It's a bit difficult to get our heads round the idea that this woman comes to Jesus and effectively he insults her. In Matthew's version of the Gospel, as she cries out to Jesus, we hear that the disciples want to send her away. They say, Jesus, just, can we not just send her away? And Jesus doesn't respond, which makes it even more, more difficult. I heard uh, a, a story recently of someone who was on an aeroplane. With, uh, uh, and on the, on the aeroplane there was a mother with three children who were quite noisy. And uh, as they were sitting on the aeroplane, people around this family began to ask the stewardess if they could move seat away from them because they were so noisy. But the person who's telling the story says that what she did was that she asked to go and sit next to them 
And she sat next to them and said to the mother, can I help with your children? And by the end of the flight, she shared the gospel with them and, and subsequently she came to faith. Often we want to just get away from people, don't we? That you know, are a bit troublesome to us. And the disciples wanted to say, this woman's difficult. You know, she's, you know, can't we just send her away? But Jesus wouldn't let that happen. But what he does do, and in both Matthew and Mark's version, is tell us that she, he calls her a dog. Why did he do that? Now, we know that he didn't want uh, to people to know that he was in the house. She had revealed his hiding place, if you like. He'd just come out of this really difficult uh, um, confrontation with some aggressive Pharisees. Maybe... Maybe this is just the actions of... A, maybe you need to cut him a bit of slack. Maybe this is the actions of a, of a tired man. He's just been through a difficult time personally. But before this uh, confrontation with the Pharisee, he learned about John the Baptist being beheaded. You know, he, it was a difficult personal time for him. Maybe Jesus was just having a bad day. Maybe Jesus was tired and emotional as he responds to this woman. Not unusual for Jesus to want to get away from it, isn't it? We hear often in the Gospels, he wants to get away. And so often when he wants to get away, people find him. And there's no, um, no difference in, in this. He, he's, he wants to get away. He wants to have perhaps a time of rest. But someone comes to find him. His cover is blown and he's approached by this woman to, for help with her sick daughter. The problem that she has is that there are several things against her. Mark tells us that she was Greek, born in Syrian Phoenicia. She was a Gentile. And she was a woman who wouldn't necessarily approach a man in this way. But whatever the reason is, this doesn't seem to be the actions of the Jesus we have come to know. Basically, he says, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. This woman is in the middle of a crisis. His daughter is ill. was told that she she has an unclean spirit. This child is difficult, probably uncontrollable, been to every doctor, every rabbi in the region. She heard that Jesus was coming to town. She had to see him. She had to ask. She had to see for herself what this, this Jesus was all about. But she was a Gentile. But she really go up to him and ask for his help. We're told that she ran up to Jesus, bowed to him and asked for help. I can hear her saying, you can just hear her saying, can't you? I know I'm not supposed to be doing this. I know I could get into trouble. I know that people think I'm mad. I've tried everything I know. I probably look awful right now. My, My hair's all over the place. I've got no makeup on. In the same old dress. But Lord, I I really need you right now. I really need you. I don't care what people say about me. I don't care what might happen, Lord. I need help and I need it now. She really just pours out our hearts to Jesus. And how could Jesus refuse? But he does. He does. He seems to push her away, giving the impression that he wants nothing to do with her. First, 
Let children eat all they want, he said, for it's not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Dogs was a, a phrase that, uh, that uh, the Jews would use for Gentiles. That's what they would call them. It's a most uncharacteristic response. But actually, if we look further, if we look closer, he's making an important point. To whoever's listening, to whoever's watching, and to whoever's reading. Time and again, Jesus had made it clear that his ministry, the ministry of the disciples, is to be first directed to the house of Israel. He must work within the confines of the covenant which was made between God and his people. At that point, it seemed very exclusive until we look just a little closer. Because maybe it's not as it seems. Jesus leaves the door open. We need to hear the first part of the sentence, not just the last part of the sentence. Some of you know that uh, Val, my wife, wears hearing aids. And it's always interesting, when she's not got her hearing aids in, if I say something to her, she often only hears the last part of the sentence. Because it takes her a while to tune in. And it often changes the whole sentence. And I say, I wonder if we should go shopping. And she says, why should we go shopping? Because she doesn't hear the I wonder whether. And here in this verse, we hear the dogs bit, but we don't hear the first. First, the children, then the rest, Jesus says. And although Jesus uses the word for dog, it's not the typical word for dog that Jews would use. They would use the, dog, the, the word for dog that means a, a wild dog, a, a scavenger that would be out on the streets. Here, Jesus used a, a, a different word, the word that might be translated puppy, family puppy, the dog that would sit under the table. And I just, just have a sense just occasionally you get that sense in the gospel of Jesus, just having that little twinkle in his eye, don't you? You know, that little smile as he says something. And you just sense that Jesus just has a little twinkle in his eye. Responding as his disciples expect him to respond, but giving this woman just a, a hope. And the incredible thing is she, she picks it up right away. Yes, Lord, she replied, but even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. And he says to her, for such a reply, you may go. The demon has left your daughter. And we're told that she went home and found her child lying on the bed and the demon gone. The response of this woman is amazing. I expect we've all had that situation of trying to communicate with somebody who doesn't speak your language. I remember years ago in, in Italy, going, um, I had a toothache and going into a chemist in Italy, speaking no Italian whatsoever and having to find toothache, pointing to the painkillers, trying to make myself understood. We've all, I suspect, have that experience. But this woman speaks the same language as Jesus. He speaks parable and so does she. She could have had the hump about what he responded. 
She could have been disappointed and upset because Jesus seemed not to be responding. But her response shows an astounding understanding of Jesus. She's able to respond in parable. I understand that I'm a dog. I get that. I get that I have no right to expect anything, but I believe in you. Please help me. Even the dogs can eat the crumbs from under the master's table. Incredible response. She responds to him. Understanding. She's saying, Jesus, I know your mission. I know what you were sent to do. I know that you're right here for your people. You're here for your people. I know that you'll get around to the rest of us some, at some point. But today, right now, Lord, my child is sick and needs healing. My child needs to be delivered and set free. My child needs a touch of your grace. I don't care what you do, Lord. I don't care how you do it. I don't care about your mission. All I know is my child is in need of a miracle. And I'll take the crumbs if that's what you're offering. Maybe there's a lesson there for all of us in how we come to Jesus. I'll take the crumbs. If that's what you're offering, Jesus, I'll just take the crumbs. But of course, he offers much more than that. Because one of the issues that Jesus, that wore Jesus down, would have been this understanding, this refusing to understand about who he was and what he was about. Now, there was a misunderstanding amongst the Pharisees and the crowds. Even the disciples didn't seem to get it. You know, we often see that in Mark's gospel. You know, they, Jesus tells a parable and they come back to him and said, sorry, Jesus, could you just run that through us again? You know, can you just explain that to us again? And Jesus says more than once, you're so dull. They didn't seem to get it. Say, the Pharisees, the teachers of the law, who, who did not want to understand, they saw him as an enemy, the the, the, the the crowds around him didn't really understand what he was about. But somehow this Gentile, this Syrophoenician woman, suddenly gets it. Even the disciples, I say, don't seem to speak parable, but she does. And she doesn't come with clever words. In, again, in Matthew's telling of the story, she just says, Lord, help me. Lord, help me. She didn't lose any religious language. Because Jesus is not listening for the right words. He's, just, he's much more interested in the attitude of our hearts. When she calls Jesus Lord, she's using the word kyrios. The one who is Lord of all. She got it. She understood it. In the next chapter is that, that wonderful moment where, where Jesus says to his disciples, who do you think I am? Well, he, first he asks them, who do other people say that I am? And they come up with a whole number of, of things. And then he says, who do you say that I am? And Peter makes that wonderful response. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. Wonderful response. But incredibly, this woman had got there before got there before. She calls out, Jesus, help me. Yes, there's a sense of desperation. But she recognized that she needed something that Jesus had. 
she needed to call upon him. Say, Lord, help me. We live in a culture where people so often, and it's often a barrier to the gospel, isn't it? People think, I can do it myself. Our little granddaughter, and I'm sure you've heard little children say it, I can do it myself when you try to help them. But that's often the prevailing thing in our culture. People think they can do it for themselves. They don't need. They don't need God. They don't need anybody else. But we need Jesus. What we see in this passage is the heart of Jesus. Here is the compassionate, loving Saviour who will respond to all who come to him in faith, no matter who they are, no matter where they come from, no matter what their background. He is the Saviour who came to seek and to save the lost. He is the light of the whole world. Here is the Jesus who will cross boundaries, who will break through barriers, who will challenge long-held perceptions and prejudices to reach the lost, to reach those who don't think they have a hope. Nothing was going to get in the way. And perhaps the big lesson of this story is that having crossed borders, broken barriers... He found this woman ready to listen. And that's where we come in. That's the challenge for us in this story. We live in a world that needs help. We live in a world that needs Jesus. And a world where perhaps people are more ready to listen than we think. We see in this passage how maybe Jesus seems to be out, acting out of character. He's not because he's upset with her. He's not because he's angry with her. He's not because he's tired. He's not even because she's a woman and she's a Gentile. It's because Jesus wants everyone. He wants the disciples, the crowd, this woman, the readers of the gospel, everyone to know who he is and what he comes to bring. He came to seek and save the lost. And he is the Lord who will show great love and compassion to all, all who humbly come to him, no matter who you are. And the challenge is for us to live out that same love and compassion, that same desire to seek and bring to Jesus those who are lost. It breaks my heart over the years how I've seen the church lock people out. Not be the place that welcomes. Not be the place that that reaches over the boundaries, that crosses the barriers. Let's tell a dying humanity that Jesus died for all of us. Let's tell people that whoever they are, they can come. Let's tell people that Jesus is a burden bearer and a heavy load carrier. Let's tell people that there is hope and mercy in Jesus. Let's tell people that Jesus is the saviour for all humankind. Let's tell people that Jesus is alive and right here today. Sorry, 
I'm getting passionate. But I think it's important. We can't just sit here in our own little group every Sunday unless we're a people that go out and break the barriers, cross the boundaries to seek out those who are lost. Somebody said to me the other week about, you get a bit passionate, don't you? I remember once uh, I filled in a job application and I put the last line was, there are three passions in my life, my faith, my wife and West Ham United. But not always necessary in that order. But I am passionate about this. We have to be a people like Jesus who seek, seek out the lost. My heart always breaks when, when people have said to me that I don't come to church because church is not for people like me. Doesn't that break your heart? Because somewhere they've been given the impression that they're excluded or worse, they don't matter. The prevailing thinking of the time of Jesus was that people who didn't fit, who didn't have the right status, the right position, or in the right condition, need not come. Jesus broke through that. Jesus smashed that as he spoke to this woman. There's nothing that God will not will do for you, they're told. In fact, the reason that you're where you are is because God has not looked favorably on you. What? this woman did when she bowed down, when she cried out, Lord, help me. What, what we see in this story is the door is open for everyone. That's what Jesus wanted to say. That's why he came this way. That's why he made this journey. That's why he crossed into Tyre. That's why this flippant remark about food and dogs didn't stop the blessing because Jesus wanted to make that point. He wants all people to be saved and come into the knowledge of truth. By the power of Jesus, we have access to God. We're all welcome. What happens when you feel you're not invited? What happens if you feel you're not qualified? What happens when you feel that you're left out? What happens when you feel unworthy, unclean? Jesus says, come. Is anybody here this morning who feels excluded? who feels not worthy, who've held back, Jesus says, come. Come. Come as you are. Come wherever you are. Don't let anything or anyone stop you. For you are a child of God. We need to be that place where those who are lost can come and be welcomed. We, need, we are called to seek out the lost and point them to Jesus we have to have the same passion for those lost that Jesus had. We need to ask the Holy Spirit to melt our hearts. We need to ask the Holy Spirit to point us into those places, those opportunities to share our faith. Not out of duty, but because it matters that people come to know Jesus. We must be a people who cross the borders who break down the barriers, who step out our comfort zone. And the amazing thing is, I think there are more people ready to listen than we believe. We live in a world that's aching, that's broken. 
And there are people that need and want to hear. And we have to be the people who take it. We have to be the people who speak into those lives. The band can... uh, Let's uh, let's pray.